Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson, and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Welcome to City Hope Church. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, hey, I, I, I do want to just thank you for being here. My name is Bobby, and I see some faces I haven't got to meet yet. And, and I just want you to know your presence matters. I'm so, so grateful that you're here this morning and would love an love a opportunity to meet you. Um, I had the, the uh, chance to go to a celebration of life um, this past week. And, man, it just reminded me, right? Like, tell the people you love you love them, right? And just make sure that you, you tell them loud, you tell them often. And so I just, I, I got to... Uh, be, admit this. I just, when I got up this morning, my heart is just full of gratitude. And I'm just, I'm so thankful you guys. I love you guys. I pray for you. Um, I can't believe what God's doing through uh, this church and so many of you. So thank you for being here. And thank you for your faithfulness for so many of you. Um, I love you. Matter of fact, just tell the person next to you. Say, I love you. Come on. Let's just share a little love today. Let's just share a little love. All right. Hopefully it's not awkward. <laughs> it's just good. It's good, to, it's good to tell somebody you love them, right? So we've been in a series called Traps and Trolls, kind of uh, leading up to this uh, holiday that we got approaching this week. Uh, just we, We've been talking about the traps that we fall in, just as people, as Christians especially, and how the enemy trolls us. And uh, today, or, or let me say this, if you haven't been with us, go check out the last three weeks. All of it is on our podcast. I, I think it's been a great series. Um, I was away last week, and I got a text that says, you should be gone every week because Shira did such a good job. And so, uh, stop clapping, dadgummit. Um, but, uh, and then, and then here's the funny part. The, the sermon this week is, is, uh, all about the trap of comparison. So, um, uh, so we're going to talk about the trap of comparison today. I think this is one of those topics that, you know, when we first think about it, we're like, ah, I don't, I don't struggle with that. That's, that's not me. That's, that's not a big thing. But, but the reality is, um, I think, I think this is one of the, the enemy's uh, number one tactics in our lives. Because think about the, the technology that we have, the, the social connectivity that we have today, and, and all of that's used for, uh, it, it, seems, it seems to me that it gets used for a lot more negative than it does for positive, right? And one of the negatives is the, the, the trap of comparison that we find ourselves into. According to a 2018 study, somewhere between 10 and 12% of our daily thoughts involve comparison of some type. That's a lot of comparing. And if you think about this, you know, we're 2023 and, and 10 years ago, 20 years ago, how, how much things have changed. But, but the reality is the trap of comparison, we read all throughout the Bible that that has happened. It's not just new to us today. As a matter of fact, Paul was this guy. He's one of the, the greatest missionaries that we read about in the Bible. And he was writing some letters to some churches. And there were some haters that came along. And listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10. He says, for we don't dare classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. And measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves to themselves, they lack understanding. And so, so here at City Hope, we usually use the, the CSB version, but I like to just kind of see what other versions say. Look what, look what another version said. Ours is kind of the nice version. Listen to what this one says. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these men who tell you how important they are. 
But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the measurement, the standard of measurement. And look what he says. How ignorant. (laughs) I love Paul's boldness here. He's like, wait a minute. You're comparing yourself to yourself. That's what's making you feel good. That's what that that's. He's like, dude, that's ignorant. That is so dumb. One, one pastor did a series on this, and he called the series uh, the, the, the Ur disease. The Ur disease. And, and I was like, what, what is this? And he, he said, here's the disease that we are. I want to be happy Ur. I want to be fast Ur. I want to be rich Ur. I want to be strong Ur. I want to be all these Ur. But, but I was thinking about this when I was like, oh, that's pretty good. That's clever. And then I thought to myself, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't want to be Ur. I often find myself with the Est disease. <laughs> I want to be the happiest. I want to be the smartest. I want to be the, the biggest or the, the, the coolest, right? And, and, and let me just say this. There's nothing wrong with us wanting to better our lives, right? There's nothing wrong with striving to, to be better or even be the best. The struggle comes, Paul says, the struggle comes when I use other people to compare how well I'm doing or how I'm not, right? The struggle becomes, and Paul says, that's just ignorant. That's ignorant. You shouldn't compare against everybody else. They're comparing against themselves. And and I hope you brought your notebook today. We're going to write down a lot of things, but there's a couple truths that I think are, are just vital and I really want you to get. But as we think through this, as we, as we get ready to jump in the, this, this trap of comparison, let me say this. There will never be enough error to satisfy the spiritual brokenness we have inside. There will never be enough or I'll never be happier, faster, stronger, richer, whatever it is. There will never be enough or to satisfy the spiritual brokenness that all of us have inside. Not enough likes, not enough attention, not enough bougie vacations and houses and cars and stuff and relationships and people. There's not enough to satisfy your soul. You can go through your whole life and look and look and look. But there is nothing on the outside. Hopefully this saves some of you some trouble. There is nothing on the outside to satisfy you on the inside besides the God who created you. There's nothing you're going to find in this world. No, the, the, er, the est, it's not going to happen to satisfy you on the inside except for the God who created you. And see, here's the trick. Comparison doesn't want you to believe this because comparison's a thief. Comparison is a roadblock. The fastest way, the fastest way for you to kill something special in your life is to compare it to something else. Right? The fastest way for you to kill something special in your life is to compare it to something else. Well, on, on her birthday, she got, she got breakfast in bed, and she got flowers, and, and she got to go to the spa day. But on my, on my birthday, I had to make breakfast for everybody, and then I had to do the dishes. Oh, and the dog pooped on the carpet again, and I had to clean all that up. Like, we compare, right? We compare. And the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. So today I want to look at three quick things that I think comparison can do to our lives. And it might be doing to you. Three things that comparison might be doing to you. So go with me to Genesis chapter number four. We're going to go back to the Old Testament, uh, all the way, uh, almost back to the beginning of humanity. 
All right? And so uh, uh, we're going to look at these uh, uh, three things, and, and here's what I need you to do. All right? I need everybody to loosen up a little bit. Okay? I need to play that video again and get some laughter, get a little loose in here. I feel like we're tight, right? Maybe you guys don't struggle with this as much as I do. Okay? You can polish your halo while I'm preaching today. But, but let's loosen up a little bit today and, uh, because I think God has something special. We go all the way back to the beginning, and I want you to think about this. There's no, there, there's no social media, right? There's no Snapchat. There's no Insta. There's no HGTV. None, none of the things that we have to compare with today. But comparison still shows up. So if you, if you found Genesis chapter 4, stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word. Genesis chapter number 4. It'll be here on the screens. Look through these first few verses. The man was intimate with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. So remember, this is Adam and Eve, the first humans, gave birth to the son Cain. She said, I have had a male child with the Lord's help. She also gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel became a shepherd of flocks, but Cain worked the ground. In the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, verse 5, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious and he looked despondent. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you furious? Why do you look despondent? Verse 7, if you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you. You must rule over it. Father, bless the reading of your word. Speak to our hearts today. Challenge us. Change us and grow us. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe seated. Three things that comparison might be doing to you. Number one, number one, comparison distracts me from my calling. Comparison distracts me from my calling. Cain and Abel were born, and the Bible gives both of them a job right here at the very beginning in verse 2. Abel was to be a shepherd out with the flocks. Cain was to work the ground. They had different jobs. They had different callings in their life. Their callings were different, which means what? Which means the results are going to be different, right? We're not going to have the same results if we have different callings. And, and just think about some practical things. Their, their work hours were probably different, right? Their, their work conditions were probably different. Their pay was probably different. Why? Because God gave them different callings, just like he has given you and I different callings today. The, there is a role that God has given you. Now, I want everybody in here to hear this because this is so, so, so important. God thought enough of you. God needed someone like you, you, to be born in this world. Why? To fulfill his purpose for you. He has a calling on your life. It's the reason why you're here. It's the reason why you've made it this far. You're not here by accident. God has a plan and a calling for every single one of us. I think it was uh, uh, Rick Warren that says, um, he probably stole it from somebody, but he, he said um, the two important days, the day you were born and the day you realize why you were born. You figure out your purpose. And, and Cain had a purpose. Abel had a purpose. But look what happens. When, when I get my eyes on others, I can't fulfill and live out my calling because my eyes are on other things. The Bible scholar Matthew Henry said it like this. It is the will of God that we should, every one of us, have something to do in this world. 
every single one of us have something to do. God has called you to do something, to have a purpose, to, to do something in this world, and it's our job to find it. And I can't focus on my calling if I'm always staring at yours. I can't focus on what God's called me to be. I can't accomplish my purpose if I'm always trying to be someone else. So here's a tough question I want you to ask yourself today. Who am I trying to be like? Who am I trying to be like? Let me just say this. Their calling is not your calling. Their, their process is not your process. Their limitations is not your limitations. Be the best version of you. Comparing does two things in our life. I want you to see this because this is important. Comparing does two things. It either makes you feel inferior or makes you feel superior. If I'm comparing my life and to someone that, that I kind of put up here and I'm like, uh, I'm not as good as them. They're a lot better than me. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if I could ever get to that place. It makes me feel inferior, right? Or I compare my life to somebody. Well, I'm glad we're not like that. Like, we might not be good, but we're, at least we're not them, right? At least I do a little. I mean, I go to church, like, like, and, and it makes us feel superior, right? So it's either inferior or superior. And let me just say this. Neither one of those honor God. Neither one of those honor God. Be the best version that God created you to be. Let, let, let me just speak to the young people in this room that, that you're still kind of building, you're still kind of growing, the students, the young adults. Listen to this. Don't sacrifice your purpose on the altar of popularity. Don't sacrifice your purpose so that you can be popular. Because can I just tell you something? God doesn't look at how many people like you. He doesn't, he doesn't look at how many likes your pics got, how many stats you put on the stat sheet. He, he, he doesn't look at your followers and your friends. He doesn't look at your face or how many fans you have. God looks at your faith. Don't sacrifice your purpose. God's given you a purpose for you to live out. It's your calling and no one else's. It's your calling. Cain had a purpose. Abel had a purpose. But when we start looking out, we start comparing, we get distracted. And you think about this. We live in a very copy and paste culture, don't we? We see something, oh, I like that. Oh, we should do that. And, and we try to fill our lives up with, with things that we've seen. We've got to be really careful what we copy and paste from people. Why? Because we don't always see the whole picture. We don't always see the whole picture. I've been, uh, uh, M is our oldest daughter, and she just got her license. And so we've been, you know, going on, uh, uh, like, uh, marketplace and Craigslist and looking at like the five and six hundred dollar cars to buy her one and um, uh, <laughs> that's a little expensive but um, we've been looking at these pictures and, and the other day I, I came across this car and this was the first picture that I saw all right this is the this is the picture and I'm like I don't know who this dude is Emma but uh, he's selling this car and it's only like 600 bucks right and she's like dad this is weird why are you showing me this and and so I, I saw the second picture, but I didn't want to show her. But I, I, I slipped to the next picture, and this was, this was the, the full picture of the car. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't want that one. <laughs> but I thought this was a, a great illustration. Go back, to that, go back to the first one. Sometimes when we see things, we've got to be careful what we copy from other people because we don't see the whole picture. We don't, we don't see everything going on in their life. We don't, we don't see the, the uh, one, one pastor says like this, uh, social media, what we do is we, we compare people's highlight reel that they show on social media to our behind the scenes. 
right? We, we, see the, we see the nice picture, and we're like, man, I want that, or we should do that, or that should be fun. Or, or, I want er, right? I want s. And, and we begin to compare, and we get distracted from the calling and the purpose that God has for us. So we've got to run our race with purpose. Number two, number two, comparison diminishes my uniqueness. So this kind of goes right along with number one. God's given you a call. He's given you a purpose, no matter who you are, no matter if you're old, young, all of us in between. God's given us a purpose, but he's always created you uniquely. Look at, look at verse 3 with me. In the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord. Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, verse 5, but he did not regard for Cain and his offering. Look what happens. Cain was furious. He looked despondent. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you furious? Why do you look so despondent? And listen to this. If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? So, so think about this with me. Break this down. Cain was looking at the reaction that his brother got, right? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I gave some of my, I gave you this, Lord, but, but you, you, you took to Abel's. You liked Abel's more than mine. And what did he begin to feel? He began to feel inferior, right? Like, why am I not good enough? Why, how come the thing that I gave you isn't good enough? And it made him feel like his offering good, wasn't good enough. Now, look at this process, right? He begins to feel these things, and so what does he begin to think? He begins to think, well, I'm not good enough, and that's not fair, and, and, and he's a, I'm unworthy, and he's better than me, and, and God likes him better. And there was these heart, these heart feelings were coming out, right? So he, he felt it, and then he began to think it, and then look what came out. Look what he says. The Bible says he was furious. He was despondent. While his eyes were comparing to what Abel got, he wasn't able to see the unique person that God made him. He was only looking that this isn't fair and I can't believe this is happening. And, and, and here's what comparison does. It erodes our sense that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the eyes of God. When I start comparing, and, and for some of you, man, this is a struggle, right? This is a struggle. When I start comparing and I look and this person has it all together and they're better than me and I'm not good enough, it erodes the sense and I forget what God said about me. I forget what God calls me. And I only think about what they have. And I forget, man, this is what God, and I want you to read this today. And I want you to bring this in. A, a very familiar passage of scripture, Psalm 139, 14 says this. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. For some of you, you need to breathe that in. You need to make that your verse for this week that you just continue to breathe in over and over and over because you've forgotten the unique person that God created you to be. You are unique. You are rare. You are one of a kind. You are not less than. And the trap of comparison causes us to, to forget and not remember what God says about us. Number three, number three, comparison destroys our joy. Comparison destroys our joy. Look at verse 7. The Bible says this, if you do what is right, won't you be accepted? So God's like, listen, Cain, I don't know why you're furious. I don't know why you're despondent. I don't know why you're so sad and upset. Stop this self-loathing. If you do what is right, sin, uh, you will be accepted. But if you do what is right, if you don't do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. I love this picture, right? If you do what is right, everything's going to be fine. But if you decide to do what's wrong, sin is crouching right here at the door. And it is desired, 
to, to kill you, to destroy you, to, to take all the joy out of your life. And then God says, but you must rule over it. So here's what God's telling Cain. Hey, buddy, listen, stop. get your eyes off of Abel. Stay locked in. Stay locked in to what I've called you to do. Stay locked in to who I've, who I've created you to be. Do what is right and all is good. Do what is right and all is good. Why? Why is this so important? Because the enemy is creeping and he's crouching and he's ready to jump up and get you. So you got to keep your eyes locked in. You got to stay forward because if not, he's coming to devour you. Pretty much when I read this, here's here's what I think God's trying to tell Cain. Only you can trigger the trap of comparison. Only you can trigger the trap of comparison. Even if someone else thinks it and they do it and they say it and they plant the trap right in front of you, right at your feet, you still need to be the one to step in it to trigger it, right? And he's telling, he's telling Cain, you do what is right. And without your, without your participation, the trap of comparison is never going to go off. It's not going to go off. It's crouching and it wants you and it's tempting and, and it's there but without you, it never goes off. So we see in this story that when the trap goes off, it blows up Cain's life. His joy's gone. The Bible says he's furious. He's furious. He was angry at God. He, he, he was angry at Abel. He was angry at God. God's not fair. Why do they get to more than I do? How come they get to do this? How come they have this? Why is their blessing bigger than mine? God, God, why? It's not fair. Why don't you like me, God? There's anger and there's resentment towards God in his heart. I didn't get what I thought I should. I should I, 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 I've been doing this for so long and I'm not getting what they get. I had to go through those things that I shouldn't have. Why do I have to do this? Maybe you sit here this morning and you find your place kind of similar to this place that Cain's in, and all your joy's gone. There's anger and there's resentment towards the Lord. Cain had no joy in his life, and it started with comparison. Maybe, maybe you can trace your, your lack of joy in your life back to comparison. Maybe you're standing in the trap of comparison today, and that's what's still in all the joy in your heart and in your life and in your home. I want you to see this. It stole Cain's joy. He lost his calling. He lost his uniqueness. And look what happens. He takes his brother's life. Come on, Abel, let's go out to the, let's go out to the field. I want to show you something out here. And he kills his brother. And it started with, started with what? Well, he got something that I wanted. Why am I not good enough to get what he got? It started with the trap. Of comparison. I want you to see this. God confronts him. Hey, where's your brother? Where's your brother? Well, I don't know. God punishes him. God punishes him. But look at his response. Cain says this in, in verse 13. Cain answered the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Since you're banishing me today from the face of the earth, I must hide from your presence and become a restless wanderer on earth. Whoever finds me, will kill me. Look at, look at what comparison cost Cain. Cost him his brother. Cost him his family. His calling. His joy. His relationship with the Lord. Listen to me today, church. In the end, 
Comparison will never get you what you want. Comparison will never help you feel the way you want to feel. It'll never lead you to think the, the, the way you want to think. It'll never, ever take you to the place that you want to go. Comparison will always take more than you want to pay. There's this trap. And so many things that we can see, the process starts with, with this feeling, and then it goes to thinking, and then it goes to action. And this is what the trap of comparison does. But let me give you two quick steps that I think we can use to avoid the traps of comparison. Brad's going to come, and we're going we're gonna to land the plane here and go to lunch. But I want to give you two practical things that you can do this week to diffuse the trap of comparison. Number one, trap of comparison is diffused by a mindset of humility. We follow Jesus' example. We don't compare ourselves to others. We compare ourselves to God. We humble ourselves. We serve others. We, we, we sidestep the trap of comparison because, you know what, it's not about me. It's about me being humble. It's about what God wants for me. This week when you're tempted to compare, stop. Take a step of humility. Just stop and say, what's the best step of humility that I can take in this moment? Because when I lock in and I'm doing what's right, just like God told Cain, then everything will be good. Here's what I realize. Here's what I realize. When I lock in, when I'm living my life humble, I, I realize this. God has something new for me every day. God has something new for me every single day. The Bible says there are new mercies every morning. Lamentations chapter 3. Look at these two verses. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. When I'm walking in humility, I realize, man, there's new mercy for me. Maybe I didn't get what I thought I should today, but there's new mercy for me tomorrow. God's going to be faithful. He promises his love. He promises his faithfulness. This means I have a built-in reset button, right? I have a built-in reset button. Maybe I step in the trap of comparison today, but I'm going to start over tomorrow, and his mercies are new, and his faithfulness is new, and his love is there. Tomorrow's a new day for me to be humble. Number two, the trap of comparison is diffused by gently helping one another. Think about this. What if Cain's attitude was, you know what? I'm thankful that my brother got a little more than I did. Let me help him. That's tough, right? Let's be honest. That's a tough attitude to have. But let me say this. If if your first thought, when, when you see someone struggling in sin or you see someone struggling, if your first step is to talk about them or to compare yourself with them, uh, to feel more righteous or to feel better about yourself, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look down at your feet and realize you're in the trap of comparison. If that's your first thought, well, I'm glad I'm not, at least we're not, then you're in the trap. This week, when you're tempted to compare when you're tempted to get your eyes off of what God's called you to and your uniqueness, put yourself out there. Take a step. Help somebody in their time of need. The story of Cain is, it's really, it's really kind of a crazy story because there's, there's more to the story. I want to encourage you to take some time this week and read the rest of the story. But Cain... Kills his brother, 
gets punished. He kind of goes to God with this repentant heart. He, he goes to God with this, he showed some repentance. And if you read on, God shows him mercy. And sometimes it's hard for me to read stuff like this. So he killed his brother, but God still showed him mercy. It's hard for us to really comprehend, right? He killed his brother because he was comparing what he didn't get and what he did get. He killed his brother, but God still showed him mercy. Here's what I want you to hear today. There is no comparison to God's love for you and I. There's no comparison that Cain killed his brother and God still loved him and showed him mercy. There's no comparison to the, you're sitting, maybe you're sitting here today and, 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 and you say, man, I can't, I can't receive God's love. The things that I've done, my, my life, my background, my history, I can't receive God's love. Listen to me. There's good news. There's good news. We believe that Jesus wants us to be free from sin. He wants us to experience his grace. He, he wants us to be free from death so badly that he went to the cross. He took our place so that we did not have to face the consequences of sin. And even while suffering on the cross, even while he was doing this, Jesus thought of others. He humbled himself. He put you and I before him. And listen to what he said, God, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Even when I'm stuck in the trap of comparison, even when Cain killed his brother, God had mercy. There's mercy for you today. There's grace for you today. There's forgiveness for you today. That's the kind of God we serve. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And here in a second, we're going we're gonna to head out of here. Before we do that, I want to encourage you and give you an opportunity to respond to what the Lord's speaking. We talk a lot as a staff about giving opportunities to respond. And I believe that when God's word is spoken and, and he, he, we have open hearts and open minds to hear it, I believe he pushes us and he urges us to, to take a step of obedience. I believe that with all of my heart. When I read in the morning, all right, God, what are you pushing me towards today? What's the step you want me to do? What do I need to work on? What do I need to pray about? What, how can I grow? How can I get, get, get more like you? And so when we sit in and hear a, a message like this, I believe with all of my heart, God is stirring. And, and it's up to you to answer. It's up to me to how am I going to respond to what he's calling me to. And maybe for some of you today, you realize I don't have a relationship with Christ. And that's my step. That's the first step. And the good news is, even if we fall into every trap that the enemy lays out, we still have a God who loves us and cares for us and wants a relationship with us. So today, if that's your step, can I just encourage you to say yes? Say, yeah, Lord, here, yeah, here it is. Here's my yes. We've got some tents set up as you walk out. We've got people back there. We've got people up here in the front. I'll be up here. And, and just walk up to one of them and say, hey, I, I need to make Jesus Lord in my life. He's calling me to take that step today. That's the most important step you'll ever take. For some of you, you have that step down, but, but 
God has opened up your heart and your mind and your eyes to the fact that you're living in this trap of comparison. Maybe there's some anger. Maybe there's some resentment. Maybe some distrust. And it starts with getting my eyes refocused on the Lord. Maybe today your step is just to spend a moment with him saying, God, give me refocus. I've been living for, <laughs> with this ER disease. I've been living with the S disease, God. And today I'm, I'm going to stop comparing to this world and I'm only going to look to you. Maybe you've forgotten your calling. Maybe you've forgotten the, the unique things that God says about you. God's calling you back. Whatever it is, if you need somebody to pray with you, to talk with you, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. So, Father, today, I pray that you would use this word to push us into a deeper relationship with you, no matter where we're at on our journey. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would be able to see the traps that the enemy's laying. God, overcome the battles, the warfare. God, help us to get our eyes focused off of this culture and this world. And, and, and as Paul said, just comparing ourselves to ourselves. Lord, let you be our standard. May you always be our standard for the way we talk, the way we treat people, the way we act, the way we respond. Lord, you be our standard. Lord, and I pray that if there's someone in here that needs to take that step of obedience to you, whether it be through salvation or baptism or, or getting their life back, Lord, your mercies are new every day. I pray that today would be that day. Use us and guide us. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.